Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach. And I'm Zar. All right. Welcome to another attempt at us trying to record this in the middle of the pandemic. Yay! Yay! We're not dead yet. Not yet. That's the important thing. Not yet. That and today is also a very special day. Ooh. It is. It is the most special day of the year. Wait, I'm talking about my birthday. What are you talking about? Your birthday. Oh. Yeah. Your okay, birthday. that's that's what I thought you were talking about. Happy birthday, JP. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. 25. It feels pretty much like 24. It's all downhill from here, baby. It is all downhill from here. What do I have to look forward to? Yeah, you know, after your 21st birthday, birthdays are kind of pointless. <laughs> Hell, even my 21st birthday, I mean, everyone's like, oh, you get to drink. You know what I did for my 21st birthday? And this is true. I studied on a Friday night for a Spanish test that I failed anyway. Yeah, on my 21st birthday, I hit the wooden floor at about 7 p.m. And uh, I was out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Not my uh, proudest moment. I'm sure. So uh, what have you guys been doing during this pandemic? I mean, I think the answer is obvious. Playing video games, and that's pretty much it. I mean, right now it's just work and video games. Zara, what have you been doing during the pandemic? I have been watching a lot of Bones and playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts and Pokemon Shield. And I'm about done with all three of those, so I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do next. So video games, that's kind of that's kind of the theme of the day. JP, let's take that theme and let's take it into our article. Video games is the theme of this podcast. Perfect. <laughs> hey, listen, it was a segue. I didn't say it was a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today on the podcast, we are talking about the insane amount of time that Twitch streamers have spent playing video games during the pandemic. We're going to talk about this new video game app that Facebook is developing and we are going to be talking about Animal Crossing getting banned in China. Finally, to end off this podcast, we are going to be talking about the games that are coming out this week. We also have another rumor mixed in there about another remake coming from Capcom. That is right. That was kind of a last minute inclusion that I'm very excited to talk about. I am so excited because it's one of my favorite game franchises ever. We've got a lot to look forward to. Should we get started? Let's yeah, do it. Let's hop right into it. All right. Our first article comes here from QZ. It's by Daniel Wolf. And we're going to give you the too long, didn't read section of it. But about 5 million people have done their gaming lives on streaming platform Twitch, according to Twitch Tracker. Since the end of February, the Amazon-owned service has broadcast over 2 billion hours of folks playing video games. That is absolutely crazy. 2 billion hours? They had a breakdown on the website, and it's actually 230,000 years of footage. Holy, oh my God, that's insane. In a matter of a couple months. Now, how many of those are people just like us who has like one viewer, maybe two? That's absolutely fair. But still, we know why this increase is here. I think it's cool to see. Right. The article continues to go on. Since this time last year, average viewership on the service jumped from 1.1 million to 2.8 million users. Those people are watching things from Demon Slaying to soccer to Tropic Island Furniture. Whatever the game, a typical stream offers, not just an escape from reality, but the company of others. So it's kind of twofold, right, boys? You get to escape into your video games. You also still get kind of that camaraderie of hanging out with others and hearing comments. Oh, absolutely. We just really want to share this article with you guys because we just thought it was awesome and kind of want to validate whatever you're doing right now. You know, there's people finding ways to stay on board. Do you guys uh, have any favorite Twitch streamers that you guys watch? This is obviously about Twitch, but I mean, in general, you know, I'm not super into Twitch, but YouTubers are coming up too. For me, it's just the bigger names are really who I like. Jacksepticeye, Markiplier, PewDiePie. I got really into this guy 
guy named Davey 504. He makes bass guitar memes. And it's such a niche thing just because nobody likes the bass guitar but me. And I'm finally like, finally, a YouTuber <laughs> for bass players. This guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Have you been enjoying anybody's uh, content? Anybody new? Honestly, I have not had much interaction with Twitch. I had my own Twitch stream a few years back, but then I kind of fell off and I really haven't used it. Like you, I've been using YouTube for most of my games. Sources. Right, I'm in the same boat as Zara. I usually don't get on Twitch too much unless it's like a Super Smash Brothers tournament or something like that where I can watch some cool highlights. Oh, that'd be right. cool. That is very cool. All right, so that's what we have on that. Our next article kind of is in the same vein. Zara, do you want to go over it? Yes. So our next article comes from the New York Times and was written by Seth Sheeshel? Perfect. Finally, you know the pain. Of, <laughs> usually, whenever there's someone with a weird last name, it's me who has to read it. Finally, you understand. Yeah, um, pronunciation is not my forte. So Screw I you, apologize sex. to Seth <laughs> if you are listening. <laughs> but Seth with the New York Times reports that Facebook is introducing a new app for gaming and that launches April 20th, which is actually our record date today. Right. And JP's birthday. And my Ooh. birthday. <laughs> do, 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 do. Now, some of the good things, it's free and it's ad free, but the article also said for now. So it's still in early testing and Facebook isn't quite 100% sure what they're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Does the app have a name or is it literally just called the Facebook gaming app? Facebook gaming. I looked it up on the Google Play store today. It's only launched for Android, Google Play, and I right. think it will come to iOS as soon as it gets approval from Apple. Okay. But but it is a dedicated app to create and stream games that you're playing. Uh -huh. You can play basic games like Words with Friends, Uno, etc. And then chat with those friends and in-game communities. And you can also donate to each streamer. But Facebook takes a commission out of all of that. So... When we were going over the list of articles that we were going to go over, Zach brought this up. And the very first thing I thought of was the Google Stadia. Right. Did either of you, I don't know if either of you got that feeling too. My opinion on this whole thing is it's just another company that sees how well gaming is doing in general and decided that they want to kind of have a piece of that pie. And that's fantastic. But the problem with Google Stadia that we saw is that it failed. It failed miserably. Yeah, it did. Google didn't have the backing for a lot of the gamers yet who thought that it would be successful. Their servers were complete shit. The game selection wasn't that great because a lot of third party didn't want to support them yet. I mean, Stadia flopped hard. Well, they had to pay 120 bucks to have the Google Stadia. Then there was a monthly fee, and then mm -hmm. you still had to buy the game for 60 bucks. Ooh. So... It was kind of like backwards. People thought it was even like a Netflix of gaming and that's kind of how they presented it. Like, hey, once you pay that monthly fee, you had access to this gaming library, kind of like Xbox right. Game Pass. And then they were just totally wrong. Like you'd have to go and buy from the third party publisher full price unless it was like a Google Stadia exclusive. In retrospect, if you like put these gaming consoles up to one another, Google could have made the argument, you know, Microsoft and Sony and hell, even Nintendo, they make you pay for their online service. Why is it different for us? I would argue, well, because they're reputable gaming companies and you're just trying to find your footing in all of this. So you don't have the credibility to be as expensive as the other gaming companies yet. Exactly. On that note, 
with the switch online, you get so many great free services. For example, you can download the NES and SNES emulator and get updated games for free just with your monthly fee. You don't have to pay an extra charge. You just get them. Exactly. And knowing Facebook, if they decided to keep going with this and really try and make a mark in the gaming industry, they would literally be the EA of the gaming companies. You know, I could see Facebook coming out with these microtransactions and just... Well, I think you can play games such as Farmville, if anybody remembers Farmville from back in the day. Oh, fuck, you didn't tell me Farmville was going to be here. <laughs> Never mind. I take back everything I just said. Game changer. <laughs> but yeah, Farmville had microtransactions, I believe, and a lot of those games within the Facebook server did have microtransactions, so that's not out of the question. That's completely true. What do you think, Zach? So I was going to say, JP, I think you made a really great point connecting those dots. And Facebook, I don't know about you guys, but like I kind of like my gaming to be its own little like persona versus where I'm at. And sure. So I don't want Karen knowing that I'm sitting here playing <laughs> Animal Crossing and judging me because I have this professional job, but I'm sitting here playing a game that's targeted for younger audiences. <laughs> Fucking Karen being judgmental. <laughs> so that's one big qualm I have with it. Another qualm I have with it is that you're going to need something special to take people away from Twitch. You're going to need that wow factor. Because like what JP said is you already have this reputable thing in Twitch. Yeah, it's not perfect, but they need to find that thing that they can have that can make it super exceptional. Mm -hmm. I don't, how do you guys feel about that? Like, do you guys feel like you need your own persona while you game and like you need kind of your own space or what do you guys think? Oh, definitely. And I think they are trying to create their own niche market because they say that what sets the app apart from services such as Twitch is the fact that this app makes it really easy to stream mobile games. And with Twitch, you have to have a bunch of software and even some hardware just to get your app to run your mobile game. Right. That's a good point. I wanted to take a look at this little tidbit. It's a little bit of a quote from the article, if y'all don't mind. Absolutely. Investing in gaming in general has become a priority for us because we see gaming as a form of entertainment that really connects people, said Fiji Simo, head of the Facebook app who reports to the Silicon Valley company, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the robot himself. I don't know. It just, this all seems so pandering to me. I'm trying to figure out if they go through with this app, who's the target audience? That's an absolutely fair point is it doesn't seem like they have a target audience. They're just trying to reach for whatever scraps they get. And there's mm -hmm. another quote towards the end of the article that demonstrates that. And it says, we don't want to be a background window in a Chrome tab while someone is doing their homework or doing something else. Mr. Sharma said, with mobile, if you have the app open, you're using the app and it's in the foreground. You can't do anything else on your mobile phone and that's extremely powerful. To me, I think that makes Facebook sound like they're desperate and needy. Yeah, you know what? I get that. I can get that feeling. I don't know. They're trying to ingrain themselves in more areas where they already don't belong. I mean, Facebook controls so many different things already. And to be fair, like I said with the Stadia, Google was in the same boat. This whole thing just seems super fishy to me. Don't get me wrong, I am extremely interested to see where this goes. Because even if it's a huge flop, I just want to see where this goes. I think it's super interesting. I just don't think they're going to be successful. I want to circle back really quick to what Zara said about the audience. Sure. Casuals not really want to watch other casuals play video games. You know what that, I mean? That's why they're called casuals. Filthy, filthy casuals. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't see there being an audience for this. And now, I mean, I say the same thing whenever I play like a game that's free, I avoid microtransactions like the plague. I'm a cheapo, I have that mentality. And a lot of my friends know that like, if it's free, why would I make it paid? Like that's for the entire purpose of it, you know what I mean? Nope, that's true. Zach's a fucking cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, I like to save my money. The outside perspective is basically this. If you are somebody who's interested in this app for these casual games, chances are you're not going to buy this because you already are playing those games on your phone or through Facebook or whatever. And you're not going to reach the more serious gaming audience because you're trying to promote casual games on your service. Well, who wants to watch streams of Uno and Words with Friends? Uno, maybe. Maybe. Uno, Uno maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they'll pull something out. Like, I don't, I really don't know what they could even do to make this super entertaining and interesting, but I kind of said the same thing with Twitch like eight years ago, where I was like, who would want to watch other people play video games? You know what? That's fair. And now you have 2.5 billion hours being recorded. <laughs> so I'm an idiot when it came to that. So maybe <laughs> Facebook sees something. Should have bought that stock. You should have bought that stock. <laughs> that stock. My only advice to people who are interested in this Facebook gaming app is wait a little bit because I did a little research, like I said, on the Play Store and it has 4.2 stars right now. But if you look into the reviews, most of the reviews are one to two stars because the app is currently broken. It just got out of beta and they probably released it a little too early, but most of the complaints were due to lag and it wasn't user friendly. Some of the settings were just absent and there were so many audio bugs. People could not get their video and audio to work when they were trying to stream or even listen to streams. That's the other thing that stuck out to me about this whole deal was how rushed it seemed. I feel like knowing that Facebook was about to launch a gaming app, that would have been pretty big news. And a lot of people would have known about that. Not, not interested necessarily, but at right. least would have known. So this seemed so rushed to me that hearing that there's already bugs and glitches in the service is anything except surprising. That's what I'm talking about. Just a company that kind of has no business being in the gaming market trying to inject themselves in there. This is kind of the end product of that. All right, boys, I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point. Do you guys have any uh, following points to crap on Facebook? <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> All the time you want, birthday boy. Oh, uh, it is my birthday. That is true. Facebook has saved me plenty of times for birthdays, you know, like, friends birthdays all the time it's like oh my god it's so and so's birthday okay i gotta give facebook that it has made me seem like such a considerate and good person <laughs> over the years because you remembered out of the, my birthday yeah out of the blue a friend i had 10 years ago i'm like happy birthday I'm like oh my god how did you remember i don't want to tell him facebook but like that's the honest to god truth facebook <laughs> <laughs> They know what they it is. They told me it was your birthday. So, you know, I thought I'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, so there you go, Facebook. Don't say we never did nothing <laughs> for you. All right, to be honest, I feel like we're just trying to stall a little bit because of this next article. We are a little hesitant. Our next article, I'll go for this one. Yeah, Zach, why don't you, why don't you read this, Zach? <laughs> so this is from Business Insider. And you guys know Animal Crossing is the next big thing. You don't say. We've talked about it for like the past four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so why not make it five, right? Right. Yeah, you're not wrong. So in Animal Crossing, you're allowed to design anything you'd like. And so that kind of leads into our article. Since you can design anything. Oh, sorry. This article is from the Business Insider. It's by Joshua Wong. So when you say when you say you can design anything, what do you mean by that? 
So you get like an open page and you can just fill in the dots and make any sort of art that you And you like. can use that as like posters or ground designs or anything like that and just kind of hang them up around your town? Absolutely. Around your town, make it your like wallpaper in your house, make it your tile on the floor. Very interesting. So people are using it in China as a form of protest. So this is a quote from Joshua Wong. After outbreak of coronavirus, it was difficult to organize physical gatherings. So we set up online assembly, but live stream is still a bit boring. With the new game out, we can have virtual protests and we have to use our creativity to make a new kind of protest tool. And so there's a picture of him and his friends on his island. And it says free Hong Kong revolution now. And it has like the Chinese character saying it too. Yeesh, this is this is hard to touch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, this is like walking on eggshells right here. What with current political events. <laughs> right. We talked about uh, Blizzard and how they uh, get a really bad image because of how they reacted to someone's negative comments about their freedom in China. I imagine we make fun of Blizzard and, you know, it's just in the middle of the night. It's dead quiet. And then all of a sudden you hear Tracer's voice. <laughs> <laughs> the cavalry's here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So with that being said, games that you can do this with in China usually don't last long. So usually games, they fall under two criteria. Game has ton content or user-generated content that is deemed to be offensive or violent, or the game has become very popular and caught the attention of regulators. Which one do you think Animal Crossing falls under? Doesn't it fall under both? I mean, this sounds kind of, <laughs> kind of sketchy on all ends. Right. It is a giant red flag to China. So in response, um, they're banning any reselling of the game. So you're not actually allowed to buy games in China that's been approved anyway. Right. But you're not even allowed to resell it in like a marketplace, which I imagine similar to our Facebook marketplace called Taobao. You know how to sell it there. Interesting. But wasn't it only recently that China actually allowed sales of the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, that's the funny thing about this is up until recently, you weren't even allowed to buy the Switch in China. And I think the release, there were like three release titles, right, Zach? It was like Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart, and something else. You ready for this one? Yes. Super Mario Galaxy is in there. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's besides the point. It's kind of goofy how they did that. But yeah, you had, it's like a strict thing. So, but basically how they're getting Animal Crossing into the country is like you're buying it and people are shipping it to you and they don't know it's just in a box. So you can't buy Animal Crossing in China. It already has to be kind of like contraband. That was something that I brought up to Zach too when we were talking about this. Just for the technical geeks out there, I won't judge either of you. Do you guys know what a VPN is? I do not. Yes. I, Zach, you only know because I explained it to you yesterday. <laughs> I had a general idea and you, you solidified it. <laughs> I will confirm ignorance. I am stupid and I know it. Okay. So I am going to give as brief of an explanation as to what a VPN is as I possibly can. When you search something up on your computer, when you access the internet whatsoever, you have an IP address. And essentially what happens is the device that you're using to try and connect to the internet directly connects to the server. And then the server gets your device's information directly to get the information that you're looking for. They essentially have access to all of the data, all of your personal data, depending on what device you're using. What a VPN is, is it's essentially a gate between your device that you're using to access the internet and the server. So instead of your computer directly getting the information from the server, what you're actually doing is your computer goes to the VPN 
and basically says, hey, I want you to look this up for me. And then the VPN will go to the server and get the data. And then the data is sent to the VPN and then sent to your computer. It's how you encrypt your data. Now, what's crazy about VPNs is that you can make it so that you are anywhere in the world. You can set it so that even if you were in the United States right now, you can make it look like you're getting the information from Brazil or I don't know, other countries exist, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's just <laughs> the United States and Brazil, to be honest. I think that's it. <laughs> but anyway, you can make it look like you're from anywhere in the world. So all the Chinese people would have to do is really just download a VPN and then they could just say, oh, I'm from America. And then they could just download Animal Crossing. So there's the loophole to get it but they wouldn't have an exclusive region copy. It would be in a different language, essentially. But they could still get the game. That is fair. Yes. On top of that, I imagine China cracks down on VPNs too, because they have their own special internet that they even use, from my understanding. I did not know that. Yeah, I think they have their own filter. It's a it's a pretty multifaceted thing, so I don't know if it's as simple as that, but JP makes a good point. If there's a will, there's a way, and I'm sure they're finding ways to get away from that. I mean, that. Uh, that's just, to me, it's not even, someone called it a loophole. It's not even a loophole. It's just a very easy way to get around something. I'm just pointing out that Anybody who knows anything about computers would easily know that they could do this and then, you know, foil the plan of banning Animal Crossing. So I guess that's kind of where I wanted to end on the article unless you get anything else to add, just because it kind of feels like we're walking on, you know, eggshells. No, I already feel like there's a target on my back. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, we got the facts out there. That's what's happening. And do with it what you will. (laughs) Right. We just want to inform you on that matter. I also want to correct myself. I said that the uh, Nintendo Switch in China plays Mario Galaxy Online. It does not. It only game that they allow is Super Mario Bros. Deluxe U. Wasn't that a Wii U game? Yeah, yeah, it's a Wii U board. Yeah, yeah. Ah, wow. Very interesting. And everything else is not allowed. Well, they love Mario. Nothing else, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, before we head on to the games that are coming out for the next week... We have some incredible rumors to talk about, and I think we should hand this one off to Zar. Oh, I'm so excited. What are they, buddy? As mentioned previously, Capcom is trying to continue the trend of remakes with Resident Evil 4. And if recurring listeners remember, Resident Evil 4 was in my top games. What? Where did it place? I don't know if you know off the top of your head. I think it placed three. Was Was it? I thought it was. Yeah, it was three. Alice was first, I think. I got that one right, JP. Shut up, Zach. (laughs) So give us the TLDR. Why is that game such a positive influence on your gaming, gaming life? Why do you like it so much? Well, it was actually my introduction to the Resident Evil series. I used to watch my older brother play it. Not the best thing for like a 10 year old kid to watch, but oh, I loved it. Ah, fuck it. He had it for the original GameCube, which is when I got into it. And since then, I think I've beaten it like 20 times. I beat it just last year for like four times because I wanted to play through all of the difficulties again. Jeez. So it's a fun game. I love it when games come with a personal story like that, but it's not just about you. I mean, like a lot of people who just love Resident Evil as a whole consider this a very important game in the franchise. Why is that? Oh, yeah, it was the cornerstone of Resident Evil because it was the switch from survival horror to action horror. 
where you had more control over the situation. For example, in the game, Leon is sent as a special agent to investigate rumors of a plague in a small village in Spain. Right. So his goal is to go in, kill the things, and take the the sample. So you have a lot more power in that sense, and you're not just running scared from monsters. You're chasing the monsters yourself. Very cool. Which a lot of people were hesitant about that change, but it launched Resident Evil into a much deeper and more connected story. That's really interesting to hear because, I mean, the more I looked into it, I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan. In fact, to this day, there's only two Resident Evils I've played. I played the Resident Evil 2, not even the original. I played the remake, and I thought that was fantastic. But I also played uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and I thought that was amazing, too. And that was when Capcom decided to go back to a more survival horror standpoint, because they saw the success of games like Outlast. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that. I would even argue that Resident Evil 2 was even better sometimes than Outlast. It just making you feel completely helpless. Although I don't know about that because at least you had a weapon and Outlast you had a fucking camera and batteries that lasted two minutes. <laughs> Resident Evil did shake that up because you could kill most of the enemies, but when the Titan showed up, you run your bitch ass and hide. I knocked his hat off. I got an achievement for knocking his hat <laughs> off. Fuck him. <laughs> that is all you can do to him. So, Zar, there's there's kind of two camps for this right now. Are you excited or are you more on the nervous category? I am incredibly excited for this. As I said, it is my favorite Resident Evil in the series. And with the remakes that have happened recently, I loved all of them. They were exactly what I hoped for. But that also does come with a little controversy because there are a lot of people who don't want this game to be made. And some of the arguments against remaking Resident Evil 4 would be the lack of success from Resident Evil 3. But I feel personally that argument is unwarranted because Resident Evil 3 Remake didn't do that bad. It did worse than the Resident Evil 2 Remake, but if you look back when both games were released, Resident Evil 2 originally sold many more copies than Resident Evil 3 as an original title. Right. Okay. Another argument for that is a lot of people are worried that because Resident Evil 4 is such a masterpiece and the favorite game in the entire series, don't fix what isn't broken. That's a fair point. In my opinion, there's no such thing as a perfect video game. You know, IGN gives 10 out of 10s out like it's freaking lollipops at a carnival. <laughs> Th yeah, thanks for laughing at my analogy. It was a good analogy. <laughs> Insert laughter here. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, surely there's got to be something about Resident Evil 4 that irked people enough to like, maybe it could be improved. Was there anything that you can think of right now off the top of your head, Zara, that you would say, oh yeah, Resident Evil 4 could definitely improve on this and that would make the game better? There was a lot wrong with Resident Evil 4. The mm -hmm. controls were clunky. It was, it was a very primitive game. It was Capcom breaking out into a modern third-person shooter, essentially. Right. But a lot of people, me included, loved the game even for the flaws. It just made the game more immersive that you couldn't move while you shoot. Leon was not a flexible character and was 
kind of uh, visually buggy. And so a lot of people are worried that if they do remake the game, it won't have the same finesse as the first one and will actually highlight those specific problems among many others rather than alleviate them. Unless they're made better. Yeah. Because that's the point I'm trying to make. I will say this. If Resident Evil 4, if it's true what you said, and it's got clunky controls, and it's still praised to the degree that it is to this day, that says a lot about this game. Because there is nothing that takes me out of the immersion more than shitty controls. It's it's absolutely true. I have died so many times in the game because I couldn't get Leon to turn around. Yeah, I'm, I'm Something sure. as simple as that. I'm sure. So that just kind of proves my point, though, that there's no such thing as the perfect game. And if they wanted to do a remake, obviously the first thing to get upgraded would be the graphics and how the game looks. But Capcom could really take the opportunity to listen to the fans and listen to the feedback and make a perfect game even better. Absolutely. I am 100% on board with an RE4 remake, and you best be believing that I will pick it up day one. Actually, I got a better idea. How about we make Zach play it? (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably play it. Would you? If it comes to Switch or PC. You could come okay. over once the pandemic is over. And I was kind of joking because I don't think I've ever seen you play a horror game before. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> Good <laughs> fucking luck in the first village. I like scary movies and shit. Like, I'm not too worried about it. I just, I never really wanted to spend money to get scared. I don't know. Kind of weird about that. Five minutes in, you're going to want to put the game down. <laughs> There's a difference between watching a scary movie and playing a scary game. Because when you watch the scary movie, you're at the mercy of whatever the people in the movie decide to do. In the game, it is up to you. You know what I mean? That's where the immersion comes in. You are the one that's being chased. You got to do something. That's where great horror games shine is when you actually feel like you yourself are in danger. What I would do personally is I would just hit that note button, turn around and leave. Is there a note button in these horror games? (laughs) There always is, but they never, nobody ever presses it. (laughs) Nobody ever presses it. That's the funny thing is, is it's like so easy to get out of the situation, but it's like, no, we have to explore this abandoned house. And if somebody just asked the question, why the other person would go, Hey, that's a great point. Let's not fucking do that. <laughs> it's like Cavern in the Woods. They play that like pheromone that just makes you stupid as shit. It's like, oh, come on. Oh. All right. So yeah, I'll play this and I'll play Outlast. I'm cool with whatever. I need to get scared in my life. Yeah, take some take some chances, man. Hardcore Resident Evil fans will understand this reference, but you have to make sure to shoot the water. You have to shoot the water. I don't even understand that. You have to shoot the water. Yes. Like like all the water or just once? Just once. Um, I think in chapter two, towards the end of the chapter, you come to a lake and you have to get on a boat and go across the lake. Before you get on that boat, make sure to stand at the edge of the dock and shoot the water. What happens? It's going to make something come out and kill me. And- well, you can get fishies and you can heal yourself with the fishies. Oh, that's it. But something's going to come out and attack me. <laughs> I will let you figure that out. Like I said, diehard Resident Evil fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is a specific achievement where you shoot the water. Sorry, setting me up to die. All right. Resident Evil 4 remake. It's hype. Zar's freaking out. Are you guys ready for some 
game releases. Yeah, let's absolutely go over. Can I talk about the ones that are coming out today? No, but but it's my but it's my birthday. Yeah, of course you can't birthday boy. There's your birthday present. No, here to guys birthday present. Tell me what you got. All right. So after all the complaining from the last few episodes, Zach gave me Xenoblade 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's funny is I know Zach's been wanting me to play it forever because he always texts me when it's on sale. Always. Every time. He's like, it's half off, man. You could, this is the time. You could do it. And I'm like, I could. Think about it. Paying 30 bucks for a game that could take you up to 200 hours if you wanted it to. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. My spiel. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm a good friend. Tell me I'm a great friend. All right. So the first game that came out today on April. April 20th is Tidal Shock. This is an underwater arena shooter with a shocking twist. Set in a neon aquarium, eight players battle in a classic respawn arena to capture the reactor and boil the competition. Geez, Zach, have you thought about going into marketing? That was really well written. I mean, I got it from Google, so <laughs> probably don't tell them that was me who wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> so Tidal Shock, um, that sounds pretty interesting. Is that something you guys think sounds cool? I'll dabble if it goes like a big Steam sale, but... Yeah, I'm kind of sick of all these arena shooters. I got my arena games for now. What What's the big one you've been playing? Uh, I don't know. I guess not really an arena shooter, but like Fortnite. Like just like that's my like go-to multiplayer game right now. It even made the top 10 list. So that is Tidal Shock. If that sounded interesting to you, definitely go give it a look. It came out today for the PC. For tomorrow, PUBG Season 7 is coming out for the PC. PUBG is a great game too. Um, I never got into it. I was more of a Fortnite kind of guy, but I do know a lot of people that love PUBG. So go give that a look also coming out on april 21st now this one sounds right up my alley the shattering is coming out on pc this is a psychological horror game do either of you know much about this i have not heard anything about it but psychological horror game piques my interest i love psychological horror because i mean the thing about games like I don't know, games that have a ton of jump scares, like Until Dawn, for example, is that it really loses kind of that edge after a while and you just get annoyed with jump scares after a sort certain point. Psychological horror, though, that really fucks with your psyche, man. I mean, that's that's what really gets you shivering. That's what I love in a horror game. Absolutely. It's right. the difference between an immediate fear and feeling constant panic. So yeah, Zara, you make a great point about that. That is exactly why I love psychological horror over just, you know, your cheap, cheesy jump scares. Not to say that the cheap, cheesy jump scares don't have their place. It's just when it, right. it's when it becomes overused that it gets annoying. I hate to keep saying it, but I really think it's one of the best horror games ever made. Outlast, I think, did a perfect job of giving you psychological horror versus jump scare horror. Absolutely. I would sit in a locker for 20 minutes with no danger around me just because I did not want to move forward. Oh, it's absolutely terrifying. That's exactly part of it is your mind. And you know what else is great at that is, uh, have you seen Alien Isolation? Yes, I did play about half of Alien Isolation. You played it too. Yeah, that's kind of what I think of when I think of psychological horror too. The way the game gets in your head is really what makes it terrifying. So anyway, The Shattering coming out on April 21st. Very excited for that. Uh, Sound Self, a Technodelic is coming out for PC and PC VR on April 22nd. Deliver Us the Moon is coming out for PS4 and Xbox One on April 24th. Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 Road to Boruto is coming out <laughs> is coming out to the Nintendo Switch on April 24th. Can I read that out loud again? That was fun. Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 Road to Boruto. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I watch a lot of subs. I got this. Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 Road to Boruto. 
Hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm excited for this one. The Nintendo Switch Lite Coral Edition is coming out on April 24th as well. That's just a new color for the Nintendo Switch Lite. It's kind of like a pinkish kind of color. Because before, uh, the Nintendo Switch had the like light blue, the yellow, and the gray. And now they're adding that kind of pinkish coral to the mix. And I kind of really love it. Ooh. Predator Hunting Grounds is coming out on April 24th for the PlayStation 4 as well. And this next one is actually really highly anticipated. Trials of Mana is coming out on April 24th for the PC, the PlayStation 4, and the Nintendo Switch. No love for Xbox. Not for Xbox. Fuck you, Zar. <laughs> <laughs> none, for, none for you. Anyway, so Trials of Mana, I just want to give a little brief discussion of that. This is going to be a 3D remake of this classic RPG that was released in 1985 as Saiken Densetsu 3. Did I pronounce that right, Zach? Hey, that's, that, was, that was pretty good, I JP. would say that was spot <laughs> on. That was impressive. Yay! Thanks, thanks, thanks. So Trials of Mana, um, it's probably, a lot of our listeners haven't heard of it. It's one of those things where it had a little bit of a cult following when it was first released off in 1995. In fact, I didn't even hear about this until the remake. And then a lot of the YouTubers that I like to watch for like going over Nintendo Directs, when it got to their point of talking about Trials of Mana, they had nothing but praise to give to this game. So that kind of piqued my interest. I'm like, what's this all about? And looking more into it, it's just a beautiful remake of another classic RPG that was originally released in Japan. So if that's your kind of thing, by all means, give it a try because I I also think it's only releasing for what, like 40 bucks? Trials of Mana is $50. Okay, so Zach just looked it up, actually. Trials of Mana is going to be $50, $49.99. If that sounds like your kind of game, by all means, go give it a look. And with that said, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Now, as a little bit of a next time on the Game Tea podcast kind of moment, what is it that we are doing in the next episode, boys? Console showdown, down, 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 down. It's a battle of the next gen. On the next episode of the podcast, Czar and I are having a console showdown where we are going to be arguing whether the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5 will be selling more consoles at the end of this year. And also, Zach will be there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the judge, jury, and executioner, bitches. Let's do this. We gave him way too much power. Unlimited power! (laughs) I don't think this is going to go to Zach's head at all. (laughs) Nintendo wins. Nintendo isn't in this debate. They already released their console. Their time is over. So on the next episode of the podcast, you can expect the great debate between myself and Czar to see whether the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5 will be victorious. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. Yeah, yeah, another successful episode. Thank you, listeners. Appreciate you and your time. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast. 